Hello, and welcome to Student Affairs Now. I'm your host, Keith Edwards. Today, we're talking about the new book, Digital Leadership in Higher Education, Purposeful Social Media in a Connected World. I have it right here. I'm thrilled to be joined by the author, Josie Alquist, and two of the folks highlighted as exemplar digital leaders uh, that Josie featured in the book, Mordecai Brownlee and Mamta Akapati. Student Affairs Now is the premier podcast and learning community for those of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We hope you'll find these conversations make a contribution to the field and are restorative to the profession. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find us at studentaffairsnow.com or on Twitter and other social media. Today, this episode is sponsored by Stylus Publications. Stylus is proud to be a sponsor for the Student Affairs Now podcast. Browse their student affairs, diversity, and professional development titles at styluspub.com. You can use the promo SA Now for 30% off all books and free shipping, including the book we're talking about today, Digital Leadership in Higher Education. You can also find Stylus on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Stylus Pub. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, consultant, coach. You can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. I'm hosting today's conversation from my home in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is the ancestral home of the Dakota and the Jibways peoples. So now let's get to the conversation. First, let's meet our guest. If you could each tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and your work in digital leadership, that would be great. Mom, tell us, go ahead and start with you. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you, Keith. It's such an honor to be here in community with all of you. My name is Mamta Akapati. I use um, she, her pronouns. And currently, I'm operating as a seventh grade teacher. Um, <laughs> so I just thought I'd share that with y'all. Um, and um, when I'm not doing that, um, I uh, serve as uh, vice provost for university life uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a role that I just began this semester. Uh, and so I'm really excited to kind of reflect on that and what that means for digital leadership. Um, because I have to say uh, this experience for me, I am not somebody, uh, I have a, a lot of, uh, as we'll continue to talk, I have a lot of learning to do here. My commitment to digital leadership is coming back amidst the mistakes that I make. And so to keep coming back to the conversation. And so um, my hope and joy for all of us here is uh, what does the invitation look like to be um, persistent in this relationship um, because it strengthens our relationship with our students and community. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you for being here. Mordecai, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, Keith, and uh, honored to be here. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. I uh, serve as the vice president for student success at St. Philip's College in San Antonio. It's a, the only a federally designated historical black college. That's a community college that is a Hispanic serving institution in the nation. Also serve as a uh, adjunct professor for both uh, Morgan State University uh, uh, Masters of Community College Leadership Program and University of Charleston uh, School of Business and Leadership. I am also the president of the Joe C. Alquist uh, Fan Club. Uh, my my mission is uh, my online mission is to provide uh, media content that promotes student inclusion, student engagement, student success, uh, and the development of uh, academic and career pathways, as well as information to support of the sustainability, the vitality, and continued growth of all educators any way that we can continue to promote and encourage and uplift the academy as well as our students. That's what I'm all committed to. So thank you again for having me. 
Well, wonderful. Thank you. I think you've got some some competition for that role of the president of the Josie Alquist Club. Uh, but I also love how you really, from the very beginning, one of the things that Josie talks about is purpose-driven digital leadership, and you just gave us your purpose. So way to, way to get us ahead of things. Uh, Josie, tell us a little bit about you. So Josie Alquist, she, her, hers. I'm based out in Los Angeles, and I was based on college campuses for um, a little over 12 years, got the doctorate, which as good faculty do, open your eyes to new opportunities. And my research led me to um, going a little off-road as a consultant and speaker and now a solo published author. My work, especially at the beginning, focused on studying college students and how they were navigating social media, um, especially in their own leadership and life practices. At the same time, I was really paying attention to how vice presidents and deans and presidents were showing up on early days platforms like Twitter, which is the beginnings of this book, was to see those that were attempting to show up. Uh, in ways that I saw as very engaging and authentic. And so I wanted to put a model to that. Um, I'm also joined by a couple fur babies in the background that may join us at any point in time. And this is the first I'm hearing in this fan club. So I'm blushing for those that are just watching the, listening to the audio. <laughs> Well, wonderful. We've got we've got dogs in seventh grade and small children, and I've got third grade and fifth grade happening in the other room. So this is the nature of digital leadership in these times, right? Real life and reality navigating through. So, so Josie, you're an expert on digital leadership. I think you might argue with that, but we won't let you. You've taken what you've learned from researching and speaking and coaching around digital leadership and put it into this new book. Uh, it probably doesn't feel new to you, but it's new out this mm -hmm. summer, uh, Digital Leadership for Higher Education. Could you tell us a little bit about what you see as the keys to digital leadership today, just to get us started? Well, um, it's so funny, like the beginning of the pandemic, people are like, oh, you should write a book during this time. And, and then so I release a book, right, during COVID. And so, yeah, the book wasn't written um, in the last eight months. It, was, it took many, many years to come out with. And it is quite ironic that I turned in the book um, the, the week before we went into lockdown here in Los Angeles. Um, however, it's been so interesting going back, especially to the final chapter, where so much of the concepts are reaffirmed as we have been pressed and challenged into these digital spaces as some campuses like out here in in California, the only means to deliver services and engagement has been online. Mm -hmm. So I would say to start really macro, big picture, um, kind of like you started to allude to with Mordecai, is we have to answer the why that we do everything right now. <laughs> and that also means why are you on Twitter? Or why do why are people encouraging you to start a blog and what would you want that impact to be and not just to be blogging on medium because our time is taxed, but also I think it's so important. Most all of the other work that we do, we have uh, been guided and mentored and trained to be very purposeful and I also put myself in the problem category at the beginning, maybe, because I was such a champion for why a leader would want to be on Twitter or introducing 
people to, um, you know, a, a different new platforms. However, especially across higher education, we, we've seen lots of adoption. We have plenty of leaders out there. But we may actually have now um, bent uh, further beyond and just starting to do a lot of busy work or questioning, like, why is it that I'm really on this tool? Because we also know the stakes are high um, and we can unpack privilege and power in that same breadth that just getting on Twitter based on your identity and your position is actually a lot more complicated than we give it um, uh, space for in training and dialogue that social media shows up in all parts of our work, whether if you uh, have to manage it as a professional or uh, the ways that your students are integrating it or how you're thinking about integrating it into your career path. So this book was to say this is an important topic, not just because we need, need to adopt these tools, if anything, we need to pull back and reflect and discern way, way more. And so from my research, I wanted to give a very flexible and fluid, not at all a recipe, um, which were five guiding principles. And those include both skill sets that I've seen leaders in our field and including our guests today um, exemplifying, but also ones that I think we need to put more investment in. And the first one is ability to navigate change and accept that we can't change some platforms and call others in for help. The second is we have to prioritize relationships and connections. And mom has already referred to that. I'm not surprised. Um, personalization is the third. You can call it authenticity, being genuine, being real, whatever word works for you. But we have to use these tools as humans and not robots. And then the big piece, though, that I've seen a lot through my research is even the most public leaders in higher ed don't have a documented strategy or how to evaluate it. And again, I think we're far past the time. Um, we can continue to experiment, but we do need to document the, how this work is helping and what's working or not. And then finally, the reason why I use leadership is there has to be a long-term intent, which I call legacy. What do you want to have happened on Twitter because you've chosen to be on it for 10, 20 years? What do you want to happen at the end of that time? Mm -hmm. And we've so. got, for folks who are watching on YouTube, we've got this great graphic from the book, bringing all five of these principles together. We'll get a link to, to that in the show notes as well. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. And I really want you to tell folks about Heartware. More about the model or hardware or both. anything you wanted to add. I didn't want to interrupt, but I also wanted to get no. you nudging along to hardware. Um, I mean, I would also, if I was to simplify it even further, it's about living out your values online. I'm not asking you to po post every th single thing of your day or your thoughts, but some people also like to express themselves and ask questions and discern, and maybe they're a really good cook or they're okay sharing that they're, they're messy baking that they did. Mm -hmm. um, because we hear a lot of talking down about social media, that it's less than. Um, and so I wanted to share examples in the book of not just what the post was, but what the impact was or what the rationale behind it. Because I don't think that's what we're seeing, things that happen behind the screen and the impact that lives on further. And that is why I chose to feature 
leaders in the field that could tell me those stories because sure, I can give you the data and the examples, but I think the storytelling makes it so much more powerful. Again, knowing digital leadership is about people. It's not about platforms. Great. Well, and you, you've highlighted, I don't know how many, it feels like dozens, you probably know the number, uh, leaders from college presidents and community colleges and the folks we have on today and others who are really going about, uh, what I love is the leaders you highlighted are going about their digital leadership in really varied ways. They're not all going about it in this way or that way. Some are on very few platforms, some are on many platforms, some are engaged personally, some of them are just engaged professionally. Um, but could you, since we have these wonderful guests here to talk about in, in, as employers, could you tell us why and how you included uh, Mamta and Mordecai in the book? Absolutely. We'll so embarrass is, them a little bit. Yeah. Well, again, there's no recipe and no right or wrong way um, with social media, digital leadership, period, right? So that is, and I also wanted to make sure that I was pulling in examples across the field and position types. Um, I do think a separate book and research should be done on entry-level and mid-level professionals, um, as I did have a deeper intent to get this in the hands of upper leadership, as I think their influence can make a, a strong ripple effect, at least where we are currently right now. And I know you were asking to get a little bit of insight into hardware. And so hardware, you know, so I get lots of ideas when I'm working out. Um, <laughs> this was a term that came to me on, um, on the bike. Luckily, there was no accidents to be had of, okay, we have this term software and hardware and awkward, like really tactile tech things, right? But we as humans are entering, whether if it's your iPhone or logging into, um, you know, like Canva, um, as, as people with real emotions and lived experience. So what is our place in this tech space? And especially with the intent to approach a tool through leadership. And so this is where I started to work out this idea of hardware. And I started to think, who are people that I'm already seeing living out this practice? And our early on, um, Momto was one of those that I found. There was a early example of a screenshot that she shared from um, Yik Yak. And we all can like shudder at this platform, right? Like mostly problematic, right? Anonymous tool. Um, but Mopta sends out, at least when she was at Rollins, she sent out a message every Halloween, really uh, encouraging her students to take care of each other and make good choices, as we know the challenges typically around that time. And one of her students assumingly posted a Yik Yak post um, saying how much, and that is in the book, how much mm -hmm. they appreciated um, her as a leader and these messages that it really resonated. And, you mm -hmm. know, on Yik Yak, you could upvote things. So it would raise higher up and there were some comments. And to me, if I was, if I, that is one clue of leadership online is not even what you're posting, but what your community is saying about you. And they are uh, reaffirming your practices. I, like Mopta probably wasn't on Yik Yak. I think it was sent to her by a staff member that, you know, like those that are always kind of looking out in the digital space um, as one metric that your leadership is resonating in mm -hmm. quote unquote, this digital age. Um, and so that doesn't even mean if you're on the tools or not, but right. I would also say Mamta over time, whether 
you know, you have been active on tools or not, I would say, um, I find you so grounding and, and living your values and calling others in to be approachable and relational that when you do choose to show up for, so for example, this last year, um, Mamta has posted a few times on LinkedIn in a blog written directly to student affairs educators using the words, I love you, like, mm-hmm. like he, real words that we need to hear right now <laughs> as professionals struggling in this field and also clearly communicating to a specific community. Um, and there's a variety of other of examples out there, but um, that would be uh, my one rationale that I could go on and on. <laughs> about mom Jen, I'm really excited to hear from both of them in a little bit um, their reflections too. Um, so Mordecai also exemplarizing heartware um, where I I'm try I try to remember like where did I originally find folks and it's definitely always online but Mordecai um, early on started a YouTube series. I really see him as a storyteller and content creator that embraces this idea of being in beta. If we go back to tech terms that let's experiment on Instagram. I'm going to post these videos over here to see how they go. And then, okay, it seems like maybe folks aren't responding as much. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in Instagram stories and see how that goes. So I also think Mordecai applies his his data and evaluate valuation into trying out different uh, tactics on social media. And also he um, signals to his community, even in his tweets that he sends throughout the week, he says, good morning, educators, with some uplifting message and dialogue. And so I also think Mordecai is a great example of, um, of strategy. He has a set schedule of, uh, my goal is to post mm-hmm. these specific days. This is the way I've integrated it into my life. Because the other um, concern that I get from leaders is how the heck do I do this mm-hmm. in practice? And um, I can give Mordecai as an example, because one might from the outside see how active he is and be like, I could never do that. But okay, well, what are the, actually the simple ways that he's built up over time to, to um creating that types of content. So again, wanting to share a spectrum of examples of how that can look like in a variety of ways and a variety of platforms. Well, thanks so much for, for embarrassing these folks and setting them up. I'd love it. Um, I, two, two models that I aspire to both in the examples, because um, you know, I, one of the things I want to do is be more more consistent. And I, I keep writing these strategies that you're talking about. And my failure is not in the strategy, but in the execution, <laughs> not following through on that. But Mamta, maybe we'll, we'll go to you next. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you lead digitally? What are some of the real successes and the challenges? Um, and, and where is your learning focus? Yeah, so uh, thank you all so much. And so, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, I, I'm not sure I know how to answer this question well, but I'll, I'll start and let's, you know, kind of see where this goes. You know, uh, until Josie kind of brought meaning to uh, integrating leading and leading digitally, I had never um, thought about the, the distinction, right? And so I think what I'm trying to grapple with is how do I show up authentically, period? And then how does it manifest in these different platforms? But I didn't realize that that, that was the experiment that I was engaging in 
because I didn't have a digital leadership educator that I now have and somebody like Josie, right? So to, to say, okay, now what is your, you know, what are your values? Now what's your intentionality by which you engage these values in this form or in this space or sphere, right? So in, in very much, it has been very experimental in a lot of ways and that's fine, right? We, we learn by making mistakes and, and trying things differently and trying things that, that, that fit us differently. But to kind of um, begin answering your question, um, I just, you know, when y'all were, uh, Josie, when you were talking, I had this memory of when I first became a Dean of Students. And um, so, and I had a newborn. So my daughter was a newborn at that time. So had a newborn, moved to Oregon and started in this new role. So lots of life, work, new role, integrate all at the same time. And um, definitely was not thinking about uh, the digital uh, leadership at all at that point. But I want you to imagine my office. I, you know, so today I would have taken a picture of that office and shared it broadly. But imagine my office was full of Pampers boxes. Um, <laughs> and they were full of Pampers boxes because I try to overdo things, but Pampers boxes are the perfect, you can't overfill them if you put books in them. So they're not too heavy. So I had like dozens of them all over the floor in my office. In addition to, it was really important to me as a mom, um, there was a, a comforter on the floor <laughs> of my office uh, with some toys because oftentimes after daycare, uh, my daughter would be playing like on the floor while I was having, I was doing my job. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember a graduate student came into my office in, in the College Student Services Administration Program at Oregon State at the time. And she, she looked at me and she was like, oh my gosh, she was like, I think I can be a dean of students. Mm. And I was like, well, good for you. I was like, but you know, that's just a random, like there was no entry into that conversation. And I said, what made you say that right here and right now? And she said, your life is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I thought you had said everything. I thought, you, you know, she was like, you seem so put together. And, you know, when you, you know, you're, and you are, but it's so refreshing to see your office with like all of this stuff all over the place and 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 then this all the stuff and I was like yeah I was like because that's what this is like um and I'm so glad that my existence wasn't curated for her right and that she was able to see that yes we all have our path we're all negotiating components of messiness whether you see it or don't see it and so she saw something there right so when I think about um the things you know I I I, when I have, I'm not sure that I always have something meaningful to say, right? And so I tried doing the blog thing, but then it's like, oh, the consistency of the blog thing doesn't work because I don't, I don't have these curated nuggets of wisdom on a regular basis in a way that I think is effective or others might think is effective. But when I have something to say, I want to say it. And so the LinkedIn platform allowed for that. Um, I grapple a lot with um, motherhood, right? Um, motherhood in the integration of this work. Um, that's a very significant component of every, no matter what has happened in my life. So you see a lot of that on Instagram, the negotiation of that, because I want us to be honest about what it means to negotiate all of the things that are, as we're trying to discern our sense of purpose and existence and relationship with one another. So I was just chuckling because a couple of weeks ago, right? Like uh, my daughter and I, we, uh, we're like the Indian Gilmore girls, right? So the banter looks very similar. And so in as much as I can kind of present that that's what ends up happening and and there was truly a time where she she took a picture of me as I was on my phone right and 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 she, and she does this quote of it and she's like busted you know, <laughs> yeah well, no, and, she, and she'll, she'll be like you know photo exhibit 
mother blatantly ignoring daughter on phone, right? Like, and, and, and so it's funny, but it's true. Like these are the truths in our lives. Yeah. And but how do we uh, forgive ourselves, love ourselves, love one another through those truths? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so I just I just put that out there. Um, well, I, I love this I because I think a lot of the the criticism of social media is that it is the highlight reel of everybody's lives, and we get in real trouble comparing your highlight reel to my behind the scenes footage, which is a mess and a disaster. And, and you're really pointing to that the power for you has been sharing the messiness as a way of leading. It's sharing like, look, you don't have to have all of it put together. You can have a little bit of messiness and the authenticity. And I think that's what um, I've been drawn to you in your posts is the, the curiosity, the learning, the unlearning, the authenticity, uh, and the sense of humor you have really opens up possibilities for others. And it's such a reminder about how, what a mistake it is to put out the finished polished product because that's unrelatable, right? And um, so so you're, you're and I, I love the story about the grad student that, that your messiness was such a transformative thing for that person. Well, yeah. and I also think it documents, well, redefining leadership or what it means to be a parent um, I mean, still like, can you take your children to the workplace? Uh, some, we just brought the workplace to the children. That's what we right. now. <laughs> right. like, I mean, I'd also be curious, maybe that was per perspective too, of like making space and role modeling that behavior. And, um, yeah, yeah I think so. So the, the questions that I've been able to kind of like, as, as I heard y'all talking, like, I think in, within social media, I think sometimes we focus on how, how we want to be seen right? Versus how we see ourselves mm-hmm. and the negotiation of the tension around those things, right? Because I, I, I mean, I, I'll be, I, I want people to see me as whatever professional needs and put together and credible and all those things, but that's just, just totally not how I see myself, right? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I mean, I mean, we, we have a tradition called Laundry Mountain on, uh, you know, on Friday night. And it has like, that's just part of the thing. And so um, I, I wish that I could have these curated moments, but it's not, but, but there's so much laughter in the messiness. And, and I just think we need more laughter and more connection. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Mordecai, tell us a little bit about this strategy that uh, Josie mentioned. And also I was hearing in, in, in her bragging on you, about your real um, your real willingness to be innovative and creative and dabble and experiment and trial and error and see what happens. Yeah, you know, so a lot of this for me goes back to what was my passions when I first started school. So when I first started at, at a community college uh, back then, I had this aspiration. Pop culture was at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. I just knew I was going to be the next BJ on MTV, right? I just knew <laughs> that BET was just waiting for me to show up, right? And then, of course, I, I am the the, uh, the generation inspired by real world, right? The very first real world, okay? Yes. So, you know, you know, you're going through this, and this is what's feeding you from a pop culture, but a learning and environmental standpoint. And so then you show up to the classroom, and it's kind of like, I'm ready to be a star. This is not for me. But I ended up learning about, you know, mass communication, te- television and radio, and started getting into doing some of that work, and I really enjoyed it. But along the way working a federal work study job, I started to realize working in student life that, wow, there is work to be done where you can empower people. And then at that time, we hadn't necessarily tagged the term transferable skill sets. It wasn't necessarily floating around in the air. 
at that time. But I began to realize how you can integrate these various pieces of talent and passions and then move this into a space that we call higher education and be able to do some good work. So a lot of, I would say in terms of strategy, you know, for a while I did some of that television radio work, but then when the bug really bit me for higher education, I was, it was a wrap for me. I, I, I was, I was just, just overtaken by the ability of what you could do to transform someone's life, no matter what their background was or what they had experienced in life, your, your, your moment with them could totally change the trajectory of their life and the life of their family. So I was done at that point. But a lot of those elements that I learned, I brought over. So then it became, okay, well, when it comes to, it started for me, I was a, uh, I was a director of student, student uh, leadership and engagement. And we were sending out these notices to the student college community about, hey, we have these events going on for the week. Nobody was reading these emails. And so heartbroken, I think I found myself crying one night in student union or something. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding when I say that. But I said, you know what? How about we start doing these videos? And I got with our marketing team and I says, if folks aren't going to read what we have to say, let's do a video. Fast forward, started doing these videos and they started catching on and the college community started watching them and started integrating students into these videos. And then I you know, moved on from that institution after serving almost five years and moved on to another institution, took the idea there. And that's when they said, well, hold on, you know, let's give this, this show a name and let's call it the It's Dr. Mordecai Show. I'm like, okay, well, cool, let's do it. And so we started doing this and we started pulling other students in and, and, and doing these interviews different ways around campus. And so during that period was when I realized that from a resource standpoint, I had some very talented uh, colleagues that were willing to try this with me as a blog idea, video blog idea, in which that's when we went into the studio and just started recording these segments where it was encouraging the student affairs profession, it was encouraging educators and giving some perspective and things to think about. And it just kind of took off from there. So I think, gosh, this has been maybe three, four years of doing this, um, but it has spun off into some amazing situations uh, and opportunities. And that's how I've been able to meet, you know, key individuals like Josie and, and Malta and, and yourself, Keith, and just being able to create this community because I think done in the right spirit, each and every one of us in our own way, do something to shape the academy, something to encourage, something to promote. And in my personal mission now, there's enough junk and garbage out there for folks to gravitate to. How about we begin to expose people to the positivities of life? How about me being a parent and coming from a single parent home, coming, my wife is from a single parent home. We're now attempting to be, you know, uh, have a successful marriage and to do so now being successful parents and being able to showcase what that looks like and, and give people these positive images and opportunities to be able to relate, be encouraged. I think we all can do something to elevate others. Mm-hmm. Well, I love this bringing in this passion, the TV and radio and being on MTV and not giving that up, but integrating that in. How do you bring this interest and in, into what you're doing now? I, I'd love to hear too. Uh, I think Josie mentioned the the strategy. Do you have, do you have a schedule? Do you have a strategy for putting content out? How do you, how do you, how do you do this magic where nobody thinks they could do all of that, but you pull it off? You know, and, and a lot of trial and error. I think a lot of trial and error. And I think that folks, I would encourage anybody watching or listening to this, be willing to try a few things. And I think it also goes back to your why, right? And then this, Josie talks about this in her book. You need to know why you're doing this and, and be in tune with that why. For me, I wanted to make the largest impact. Well, in order for me to make the largest impact, I need to study where does the impact come in? 
So for educators, folks are getting their day started. They're not trying to get out of bed. The coffee machine hadn't necessarily kicked off yet. Well, what about a good morning educator's message? And then that came through trial and error and it works. The videos, I've tried different things in terms of how I integrate them. Um, you know, and LinkedIn now has a new newsletter functionality that I've been really utilizing that's been doing very well because it does a lot of the footwork for me in terms of getting the message out, which is very different than just posting a post. The newsletter, you have subscribers and it emails for you. And so I think studying, just understanding what social media does, because again, I'm, I'm go back to, you know, when Facebook was, you had to apply to be on Facebook and they had to proof you or the MySpace generation is kind of like, okay, well, you figure out what's going to make an impact, what people are going to watch and look, and then you create that space and do something. But it all does tie back to the why. So the strategy for me, I don't automate any of this. It's it's me doing it. Yeah. I think another you're, you're... element to feature related to strategy is um, from my knowledge, Mordecai has invested in some support, either built into a campus he's been at, or maybe a graphic designer or editor. And I do, I don't think every single vice president or Dean needs like a social media manager. However, if you aspire to a presidency or chancellor, we are seeing those uh, support Mm -hmm. systems being created. So maybe for you, that looks like someone that, um, is helping you build some stuff in advance or at least helping you discern what that strategy is or holding you accountable to those elements. If it really is that intent, if this is a goal for you, you do need to put in time and maybe, you know, a few quarters and dimes into it. Um, and or the time, like Mordecai had right. said, that that he invests certain pieces of time. Um, right. Well, and I think can that. I add, oh, can I add to that? I think so. I I guess what I would say, having transitioned into a new role, um, for for any wisdom and perspective that I can offer in in this in this closing out this first semester in a new role at a new institution. I can't underscore enough what Josie is saying right now. And, and, and I think, you know, we like to think, you know, we like to think that we're experts in certain things. And, and we are like, I think I'm more practiced in certain dimensions of the functional areas within I work. I am not practiced in digital leadership strategy. I need to be honest with myself about that. Right. And, and actually what, just a few weeks ago, I did reach out to Josie and said, you know what, I need some coaching here. Right. And I want, <laughs> because I want to be in, there are things that I know how to do, but there are things that I want to be embedded and I want to be intentional and I need mentorship around how to do that. So I think there's just a great opportunity for us to be vulnerable and courageous in how we do this work. Right. Well, and I also <laughs> think to be honest, is your time best spent creating certain pieces of content or, you know, like doing the million other things that you need to be doing in your role. Like, just like you would have support systems and other functions of your position, you might have these resources built into your organization or, or you might not. Um, Tim Miller, vice president at James Madison, he has trained and developed trust with a student that helps him create some graphics and have some consistency there. Uh, collaborates with his main communications office to do some videos. Mm -hmm. So some of it might be you asking for some help from resources that may already exist on campus. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think there's people can get, as Mom mentioned, support from experts like you on strategy and the why and the big picture and in different platforms, but then also um, staff on campus, whether it's the communications department, or I love this idea of a student who maybe 
can edit, you know, you, I filmed this video this morning, can you edit it down? Or I need a graphic for this, or here's the thing I drew, can you make that look good? And um, as I've worked with different campuses, um, I've seen so many great visuals. I'm like, wow, who did that? We have a student worker who answers the phones and she just was like, I'd love to, that's awful. Can I please fix it for you? Um, and so I think there's, there's a wide variety of different supports and resources that can help you do that. Um, and as you were saying, you know, what's the best time? Maybe it is for you, Mordecai, it is really worth your time to record the video but then maybe have someone edit and transcribe it before it goes out or things like that. Or what does that look like? So there's lots of different possibilities. Well, and I All am right. glad videos came up because the, the trend and the need that I've seen during COVID is we do need leaders to show up on video, whether if it's on zoom or a live stream, I do, the written word is powerful and emails when done well can be strategic and come through. But we also know emails aren't the end all. Um, and I have found, especially if you're trying to connect with young adults and teens, I mean, even, even online or adult learners, mm -hmm. videos can communicate emotions and to see your reaction when you say something, especially if it's a hard information to share, um, like we won't be coming back together in January or we have to cut. I mean, you also need to honor your community by you might be uncomfortable by doing that and you yeah. need to have some skills and ask for some help, but it actually is a, is an action to, again, like honor your community. They deserve to hear mm -hmm. and see me show up in this way. Yeah, I agree. I think videos are powerful. I'm also seeing uh, as we are in this uh, low tech strategies start to work. So I, I, I worked with a, a team that was doing, they had done leadership workshops in their student union and in social distancing and keeping, it was just, no one was showing up and it was really difficult. So they went to their workshops, became emails and they could reach such a wider variety and, you know, good emails with links and videos and embedded and really well done. And their engagement just went up. So I think you know, how do we think about what's our purpose again? What are we trying to accomplish? And then what's the best way to go about that rather than, I just love videos, so let's just video, <laughs> right? But I, I think you're right, the, the vulnerability and the emotion of some of these things um, needs to tend to that. You know, if you I can throw it. one thing in, thing in there in terms of just, just advice for anybody that's watching this or listening to this and saying, okay, well, how do I, you know, I, I want to do this work. How do I get involved in this work? You know, one of the things I will tell you is, is never underestimate the power of partnership at your college campus, at your university. So one of the things that I did was when I first started my my Twitter account, um, I went and had a meeting with our marketing team at the college, the university I was working at that particular time and said, OK, part of what I want to do is have students to know that as their dean, I'm going to be providing information. Are you all willing to retweet some of my messages in which that then became the partnership. So I would share information. That's how I was able to build followers that were my currently enrolled students at our residential campus. And I was able to share information in those videos directly, strategically with them. So partnership, communication, there's so many different ways to create synergy. Right. Thank you for that. That's another another great way to engage partnerships and, and particularly students. Well, we're, we're running out of time. I wish we had more time because there's so much more to talk about. So I really uh, appreciate all of you. And as we conclude, uh, this podcast is called Student Affairs Now. So we always like to end with hearing from each of you. What, do you. what are you really thinking about now on this topic? What's kind of on the cusp or really you're not quite sure uh, about this? So 
um, what are some of the things that, that you all are thinking about in this moment that's really alive for you around digital leadership? Josie, I, I'm curious what, what you're learning now. I mean, you wrote this book a while ago and you're having all these conversations. What's kind of emerging for you now that maybe isn't in there? Well, I think reflecting back both what came from the book and conversations that have come since, because I've been doing these um, live stream book club series with some folks that are featured in the book, is I feel like the framework, again, if you get mixed up with digital and social media, part of it, if we even think about digital transformation, is transforming what we define leadership to be. Um, in higher ed, what we aspire to um, our leaders to be able to both in skill set and in philosophy have going forward. Uh, and some of that is technical skills that we need, but some of it is that philosophy and really grounded. So, so yeah, we are seeing a lot more presidents and chancellors and provosts on these platforms. Those are signals and social signals, right? Um, but I think what we need to see next is actually the investment in, in the knowledge and the training um, and not just the expectation, like, well, you just have to go and hopefully figure that out. Because at the same time, we know when maybe someone takes a misstep that that is very public and potentially life-changing if one tweet, right, wasn't quite uniformed with that campus organization. So again, I, I just can't stress enough how intentional we, we need to have these conversations, this education, because there's, again, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, I also don't want folks to feel like they need to get onto all these platforms now that you've heard lots of tools thrown around, because that's when I get the glazed look and people start to check out I would say, though, as a student affairs professional, you at least need to know what tools your people are on. And I would say if these are teens, young adults and emerging adults, cool adults, maybe like me, you should know about TikTok and Reddit and um, Lord, maybe even Parler, like tools that are out there, at least have knowledge of what they are in case and when they do start to become um, part of our work of our knowledge. Thank you. Mamta, what are you thinking about around digital leadership now? You know, uh, so Josie captured my favorite, one of my favorite words, which is intentional, right? And so that that is, this is not something like, there's a difference between having a full blown out strategy, which that's exciting as well. And even if you don't have that, um, just underscoring the what is your why that we've all been talking about, but how are we intentional about what it is that we're doing? Um, for me, uh, who I continue to, I think, unfold into in myself as evolution of a, as a person is I just keep asking myself, how do our students know we love them? You mm. know, and what are the I love you moments? Um, and I realize that maybe they don't want to hear from me. Like maybe they do, maybe they don't. What I'm finding a lot of joy in right now, uh, a different kind of joy is working with uh, staff, right? Because our staff know how to love our students mm -hmm. and they need to be replenished and their spirits need mm -hmm. to be loved and nurtured. And so, I don't know, I just, I keep looking for the I love you moments and the opportunity to radiate I love you moments. And I think that's, that's just where it's filling, selfishly, it's filling for me, but, but it very much connects to my why. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Mordecai, what's what's on the cusp of your awareness and learning these days? 
You know, I think as we head into this next decade of higher education, uh, and I think about all of the transformation that's about to happen in the next few years, as we just look at the industry, the amount of, of new leadership coming in, uh, the, the, the accelerated rates of retirements that's about to happen in the next five years is just about to be just scary. I'll use the word scary, right? And as we continue to shape this new environment and the new expectancies of educators, I think to, to a point that Josie was making, it's so important now that digital leadership become a part of the training of, of educators. It has to be, right? And, and there's this idea that, that I have is, is we've been so used to, as we talk about making our way to an institution, taking on a new opportunity, we always talk about fit. Well, now we're entering into this period now where we have to talk about digital fit. What is your footprint and how have you been carrying yourself in these digital engagements? And does that actually align with the thoughts and beliefs and the values of the institution? So I think that even this whole idea about fit now is going to transform because we're heading into a new space uh, that we all as educators need to be prepared for. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you all so much. I'm so grateful for all of your time and being with us today as guests on Student Affairs Now. I want to conclude thanking our sponsor, Stylus, who also published this book. You can get 30% off and free shipping if you use the discount code SANOW. So go buy it from styluspub.com. You can receive reminders about this and other episodes by subscribing to the Student Affairs Now newsletter or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. Please subscribe to the podcast, invite others to subscribe, share on social, especially as digital leaders, or leave a five-star review. It really helps conversations like this reach more folks and build a community so we can continue to make this free for you. Again, I'm Keith Edwards. Thanks again to our fabulous guests today and everyone who is watching and listening. Make it a great week. Thanks all.